Hey everybody, welcome to the stream. Cher pointed out that I had scheduled it for nine instead of eight by mistake. So I fixed that. Uh, I apologize for that. Hopefully people still get notified. We'll see. Um, but yeah, no, what you, I just, I liked what you just said. You can't fly. You can't fly. You can't wing it if you don't fly or you can't fly, you can't if, you fly if you don't wing it. it. I feel like we're coming up with a lot of uh, cliche cliche Pinterest quote motivational things that we can put in our business book, the success rule. Uh, so oh, I've been saying that one for years. Cause I never prepare for my presentations down here. I like literally make the PowerPoint presentations while I'm sitting in the crowd getting introduced. Yeah. And uh, whenever someone asks why I'm not prepared, I'm like, you can't fly if you don't wing it. I love that. I love Thanks. that. That's I, I love when people make uh turn something that people would see as a fault into like a thing that becomes like, Oh, this is just how I do it. This is my method. Well, is it weird to say that I think I'm better at public speaking when I'm not prepared? Like I get more nervous when I'm prepared. I don't think that's weird at all. Oh, because like, even when I was on the debate team back in the day, there was such a thing as like over practicing. So it was like, if I would over practice or over prepare, you start to get to a point where you start to think too hard about it and you psych yourself out a little bit. I think uh, that's it. I think it's over psyching and or like putting too much pressure. But I on would have to. I mean, you have to prepare to an extent. You have to have. I still have dreams at this point that I'm about to enter the debate round, and I haven't done any research or prepared any speeches or written anything, and I just have to kind of. I have to figure it out in the moment. I have dreams about that all the time. <laughs> I think it's the equivalent of people who still have dreams that they're like late for school, even though they're in their thirties. Like that's me, but it's, I have debate team dreams still. Have you ever woken up gasping? Like, <gasps> I need to prepare. I don't think so. No, in the dream, I'm usually always pretty stressed and nervous about it, but like, I, I always am like, yeah, I'm going to get through this. And then you always get through. Well, you're, you're, you're well then I usually wake up before feet. I have to do the actual thing. So maybe subconsciously, I know that I'm not actually going to have to do it. I don't know. You were probably a good person to be in a group project with. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I was the best person to be in a group project with. My junior year of undergrad, we had a group project. And um, it was a Jewish studies class. Uh, I was taking it because it was an easy A. And um, <laughs> we, we, had this, uh, we had this group project. And it was the one time in my life that the group project was perfect. Everyone did everything that they said they would do ahead of, <clears throat> excuse me, ahead of schedule. And we finished our presentation in, in, in 20 minutes flat, exactly as we predicted we would or prepared to. And we walked away with our, the easiest A plus of my life. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was awesome. Hold on, I'm sharing the stream everywhere right now because I originally messed up. Like I just, I hit the wrong button. I hit 9 a.m. instead of 8 a.m. when I scheduled it. And as a result, I don't think it notified people. Yeah, Kat just said she wasn't notified. So I'm uh, just, I'm just, I'm just gonna post about this everywhere real quick. Just gonna post about this in my business owner Facebook group. Posted about it on my YouTube community tab. Maybe I'll post about it on. Uh, I got Twitter. you. Yeah. And since this is also going to be up there for audio only, I'll just keep talking and filibustering as we uh, fill in the awkward space. The Pelicans lost again. They suck. I accept it. Um, it sucks to have to accept it year after year. I think Stan Van Gundy should have stayed retired. He's a horrible coach, but at least he's stupid. Um, some of these players lack all effort. 
but I probably would too if I was getting paid millions to suck at my job. Uh, Eric Bledsoe should not be on this team anymore. I think David Griffin is the worst front office man of all time. He was part of drafting Anthony Bennett for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He has a history of being trash. He continues to be trash. If He's someone trash. has proven, if someone has proven themselves, I mean, I like Stephen Adams, but he wasn't worth two first round picks. If someone has proven themselves to be trash throughout their entire career, why would you give them another chance to be trash in this beautiful city? He should have proven himself to be trash in a landfill. We should have just made him be the commissioner of the trash league. I mean, fuck this guy. I'm actually going to get angry right now. I fucking hate you, David. Right. You're Let's ruining go. my sports love. Don't get angry, dude. I I just wanted to. I just wanted to. Um, I I love how we're. I feel like we need to collect more. Whenever we say something cheesy, we need to collect it as like a big pull quote for when we write our book. Like uh, you can fall in line or you can snort it. That's my favorite one that you've come up with. Oh, I thought it. I I, I thought even though I didn't come just come up with it now, I thought I thought you were falling in love with you can't fly if you don't wing it. I am falling in love with that. I'm saying we need to have a bunch of them because if we're going to write a business guru book, we need to have so many motivational quotes that people can post on their Instagram. But you also like girl, wash your brain. But that's oh not yeah. Really love quote. girl, wash your brain, dude. Um, yeah. I don't think I've come up with them many other than in, in when I, when writing cancel Sean Boston. You know, well, you've uh, come up with a lot, but you've just also already turned them into merch. That's true. Life happens to you. <laughs> like, like you've come up with them, but you're also sipping from a mug that has it. <laughs> Life happens through you. Yeah. Um, Softcore porn is a commentary on capitalism. Yeah, our our Sean Boston one is going to have a lot of pull quotes. Oh, dude, yeah, this, I'm excited for this, y'all. Don't forget Sunday morning. At 11 a.m. Central, just because it's Sunday doesn't mean we're not streaming. We are going to be, we work on our novel together every Sunday. So. Yeah, and it's fun and it's chill and it's cool. And we were going to work on it Wednesday, but I showed up late and Savvy was working on something better. And so I started working on something better. <laughs> you were, I was not working on something better. I was working on my workbook supplement to go along with the business book that I already wrote, which like I, I said, mean, something people, better. I mean, I don't think it's going to be better than Cancel Sean Boston, dude. That book is so good. That uh, I just, I want it to be a Netflix show already. It should be a Netflix. I do too. Netflix, Netflix produces so much shit. They, they greenlight everything. Yeah. You know, I, I think it would be a great Netflix show. Maybe what we got to do, I again, I think we should make it independently on YouTube and then try to get it picked up. Yeah, just tag. We should just spam Netflix like how we were spamming all of It wouldn't all of be those. a hard show to make considering it's all manufactured online drama, which we could easily do. Yeah, and we can promise Zoom sex so they'll get a lot of views. Oh, yeah. We put Zoom sex in half of the uh, video titles. It can be Netflix's workaround for, for provocative like... Provocative thumbnails. Yeah. Oh, God. We, we, we can just honestly rip off... Pornhub titles and just put them as the titles of our uh, videos on YouTube, and you know people will be actively looking for them. Oh, I could I could take some inspiration from all the chiropractors I used to watch. Okay, chiropractors <laughs> are softcore porn. The chiropractor <laughs> soccer mom gets wrecked by chiropractor. <laughs> that was that was a, an epiphany moment. Big blonde um, cheerleader in in black leggings. Gets her back cracked her the first time in 10 years. And, and, and the and thumbnail then, is like her ass facing the camera. And I'm like, oh, this will help my scoliosis. And then I'm like, huh, 
this doesn't seem this doesn't seem to help my scoliosis. <laughs> <laughs> this is awakening a different part of my body. What's going on here? <laughs> oh, no. no, I am not into chiropractor softcore porn. I mean, you're into capitalism and capitalism is softcore porn, so I don't think I I am not actually horny for capitalism. That's just a merch design. That is tr- and that's a, that's another solid merch design. That's what I was saying. We got to we got to have a, a collection of merch that has numbers, right? Cuz we've got life happens through you and then we can have horny for capitalism with a 4. We can yeah. have the, the 6s rule. And, and those then, are the only numbers that matter. Those are the numbers that matter. No other numbers exist. I if love you five ever. We'll make some five ever merch. Yeah, we can make we can make five ever merch. I mean, let's be real. Who cares about any numbers that aren't three? What were what were our other numbers? Uh, three, six. Three, six, and four. Niner. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about any other numbers? Other Who numbers cares about numbers? Stupid. What have numbers ever done for us? Oh man. All right, so y'all, today is the last day of Tony Robbins week, which is exciting, because next week we're going to go into Gwyneth Paltrow week, and I've had a few people reach out and tell me that they want to come on the morning meeting for Gwyneth Paltrow week, which will be very fun. I know we're going to have Kat Benson on Monday, and then I think we're going to have someone else scheduled for Tuesday, and then whoever else wants to come on, just let me know. But Gwyneth Paltrow week is going to be super fun, because we are going to cover ourselves in goop. Sorry, I was I was hiding the camera because Aaron was walking by in a bathrobe, and I didn't think she wanted that on the internet. That's fair. That's fair. That's like um, how after I get out of the shower, like our shower's in the basement, and then like Tyler's computer's in the basement. So when he's on a call for work, he'll have to be like, "Savvy, you have to not come out of the shower during my call for work because then you'll be naked in front of all my coworkers." So then I have is to be it, extra careful. Is he ever just? Does, does he have like just? Throw worker time where they're all just like naked on a zoom call talking about money i don't know do you think tony robbins does that i think dan Locke does it oh definitely because like he actually tells people that you got to get horny for money yeah yeah um i saw the weirdest video yesterday which was tim sales versus dan Locke. i i, I was just so boring i tried i got like five i got through five of them on 2x because i can't 10x videos on youtube and it, they were just so boring because he was repeating the tim sales versus dan Locke videos oh okay yeah and the well because that's like it's like how there's the grant cardone versus jordan belfort videos there's so many videos where it's like people who are both shitty scammers decide that they're going to call out the other person for being a scammer and a liar and but then Grant's so, so much more entertaining than tim oh like yeah, Tim Sales is boring <laughs> as fuck, dude. That's the thing. The only reason I want to make more videos on him is that I got into a comment fight with him, and people were interested in that because he used my face in his thumbnail and then didn't expect me to come for him after that. Yeah, you're going after Grant Cardone like it's a WWE. Like that's all entertainment. I don't even Grant like, Cardone I, is just entertaining. Yeah, even I might though, even like, like his presence. Like I don't know, he's funny. <laughs> I don't know if I'm laughing with him or at him, but he's funny. Actually, I mean, I know. Oh, I'm dude, we it. we should all binge watch the Goop Show on Netflix. That's gonna be. I I've watched a couple episodes of it. I love the one where they're um doing the psychic thing, and they're they're doing a psychic reading for the girl who doesn't believe in it, and the psychic lady's like, "I'm getting something with a donkey. Is there something from Shrek?" And the girl's I'm like, like no. "Donkey Shrek." 
What's <laughs> oh, Dude, Shrek is okay. I was actually just thinking about this before. Michael Myers is one of the most successful comedians that doesn't get talked about anymore. When you think about successful franchises, Wayne's World was only two movies. And I know a lot of people hate Wayne's World 2, but it's still a successful brand. Yeah, dude. I, I'm a big Wayne's World fan. I mean, Wayne's World 2, I could take relief, but Wayne's World in general, I love. Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. Shrek. And Shrek's dude, probably Shrek. one of the, yeah. Shrek is iconic. And that's the thing is like, I feel like people use Shrek as a measurement of time now. Like I'll see tweets where people will be like, daily reminder that there are babies being born today whose parents weren't alive when Shrek came out. And I'm like, don't do that to me. Guys, Shrek, Shrek came out 20 years ago. That's wild. They're missing out. They were alive for Shrek 3. It's all good. Yeah. But, like, I, I saw Shrek in the movie theater. That movie hit me emotionally. Like, I got emotional because I was emotionally invested in Shrek. And because I an and because I thought Fiona was hot, and then I was upset when she decided to become an ogre permanently at the end because I was like, oh, she was so hot, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know the moral of the story, but fuck it. She was hot, and pretty privilege is better. Um, to the person who said, isn't it just Mike Myers? It might be. No, it um, is Mike Myers. Yeah, not Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I always mix it up. I know he's, I know Michael Myers is a serial killer too. <laughs> I just was, I'm always convinced that Mike Myers is the serial killer. I don't know. It's unfortunate that he has the same name as a like ridiculously famous slasher or it, fortunate, depending how you look at it. Yeah, it could be good. Could be good marketing. Cause his um, name is in the zeitgeist forever. Yeah, dude, Shrek was such a good movie. I mean, it still is. I've watched it again recently. I Also, Shrek 2 is a fantastic sequel. It was. It, it actually was a series that I thought honored the story quite well as it expanded. I'm pretty sure I liked Shrek 3. Apparently, they continued after that. Apparently, they have up to, like, Shrek 4 and 5. I didn't even watch those. I didn't know those existed until recently. Were those, like, straight to DVDs? I don't know, actually. I think so, Probably. Because I, I enjoyed the one with King Arthur, and I think that was Shrek 3. When, Whoa, when he was Frozen like already the nerd. eight years old now? That's wild. Dude, let it go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I heard the, uh, the the because they're on YouTube, the Chris Farley uh, uh, storyboard, where, when he's reading the lines um, through for a storyboard as Shrek. And I think that he, they got like, they were almost done with the movie. Like, they were so close that they were, debating just bringing on an imitation actor to, to voice act the rest of it in Chris Farley's voice. And they, they just scrapped it and started from scratch with Mike Myers. I didn't actually know that story. That's really sad. Yeah. Rest in peace, Chris Farley. Not we're not, we're so not talking about Tony Robbins right now. All right. Back to Tony <laughs> Robbins y'all. Okay. So this morning I did Nothing Tony Robbins related because I was up so late last night getting my video for today edited. And then I have so much more work to do today before my video premiere. So instead, I just walked Chewy while I listened to Tony Robbins' book, it's, uh, Money Master the Game. And I'm trying to get through this book. But here's the problem is that it goes, it's too long. And I, this is, I didn't realize I was going to appreciate Rachel Hollis so much. We started off with her and I had a lot to complain about, but man, at least she keeps her books short. At least she knows how to, like, she talks a lot and says nothing, but at least her book is short. She's funny. 
And it's like when I'm listening to Grant Cardone say the same thing over and over again for 12 hours, I'm like, why are you still talking? And I'm listening to Tony Robbins's book now. And I know that that what I appreciated about it is I know that he's bringing on actual financial experts to talk about this. But I'm like, when are you going to get to the financial advice, dude? Because you are still talking like we're I'm still I'm like two hours into this book and it's still in chapter one. This book yeah, is 20. It's, it's over talk. 20 hours long. I'm like, holy shit, there's no way I'm going to finish this. And it's just him talking about how great it is to be financially free. Yeah, the first chapter is really bad. He Guys, just keeps have you tried being rich? You should totally try being rich. Being rich is awesome. He just keeps going on about like more metaphors about how great it is to be rich. And it's like, I don't need more metaphors. Like, get to the advice. Like, stop it. He did this. He he went into this lengthy comparison about like, have you ever lost a video game against your niece or nephew? It always sucks, right? And then he goes into this whole story about when you lose a video game against a kid. He's like, it's, but it's not because the kid is stronger than you or because the kid is better than you. It's because the kid has played the game before. So that's why you need to learn how to play the game of money. And I'm like, Tony, I, I get it. You can you can stop. You've, you've been saying these, these comparisons for like two hours. <laughs> and some things don't need analogies. I feel like analogies are for people who are just sort of like waiting for the next thing to say and they don't want to sacrifice the microphone because some things don't need analogies. Saying it's better to invest with knowledge of the market is probably just as effective as saying... Yes. Have you ever lost a video game to your niece? <laughs> like he keeps, he, I, it, it, it was going on about it to the point where I'm like, Tony, did you lose a video game to your niece? And you're a little bit bitter about away? it. Like, are you trying to, are you trying to justify it? Like, like it, it, it was so detailed. It was like, so you start playing the video game and then the bad guys are coming at you. And then all of a sudden you get a game over and you're dead and you feel really bad. And then your niece takes the controller and then you see that she's just killing all the bad guys out of no. And I'm like, Tony, this happened, didn't it? <laughs> and then, and then you're in Spy Kids game over. Carmen. Yeah, Tony. I mean, I feel like you have to love this out of your own voice if you get paid to speak for multiple decades. Yeah. So Does he yeah, he just goes on about so much nothing for so long. And then he went on about which I agreed with this point, but also he used it as too much of an opportunity to brag about himself, which is he was talking about how, like, you will feel more abundant if you give to other people. So it's like if, if you're like, OK, I give even if you have a dollar, but you give a dime to someone versus if you have a million dollars and give a hundred thousand dollars to someone like if you donate something to someone or, or give something to someone else. You're, you're always going to feel like you have even more. And I was like, this is a good point because it's like, it's true. Like every time I go make sure I'm giving a big tip at a restaurant at first, I'm like, oh, do I have, is this going to hurt? And then I'm like, no, you know what? It's okay because we're, we're, it's all good. And I'm like, he's right about this, but he, he went on for like 20 minutes about how much he's don't, how much stuff he donates all the time. And then he went on about how he's, a, he's donating like $500 million worth of meals to starving children. And I'm like, that's great, Tony. I think that's genuinely a good thing for you to do. I'm glad you're doing that. But he went on about it forever. And he was like, by the way, this isn't a book promotion. I, I already did it before the book came out. I'm like, Tony, stop. You've gotten this far in your book. You don't have to sell us the book. You don't have to sell me the book. Like, it's okay, buddy. Like, I'm, I'm glad that you donate things. Doesn't really make up for all the shitty things you do and all the times you swindle people. But like, 
like I'm proud of you for that alone. You, you don't have to, to keep you don't night. have to keep going on about it. <laughs> yeah. Um funny story, Cher. I see Cher says that she likes to let the kids win. Uh, I was dating this girl in high school and her niece was about seven and a giant brat and her parents got so my girlfriend's sister the niece's parents got really mad at me because she was a brat so i just destroyed her in a game of horse <laughs> just destroyed her <laughs> and um i don't let kids win yeah i think i might let my, well, my that's niece a, win. i think we're when we do gary v week that's important because gary v explicitly like i watched his interview with joe rogan and he went on forever about how he refuses to let his four-year-old son beat him at basketball because he wants to teach his son that nothing in life comes easy so he's like when my son and i play basketball i i block every one of his shots i never let him succeed at basketball at all because nothing in life is easy and i want him to learn it early <laughs> i'm like whoa like i get i get not letting kids win everything i think that you probably but, you know just like swat their yeah no, he's like i'm like your kid is never gonna enjoy basketball at all if you keep going like that but i think that that'll be fun for gary v week all we have to do is challenge some kids to a game of basketball one-on-one -on -one with a four-year-old like i was talking about a horse where you know you still let them shoot and then they're actually learning a skill they're learning to shoot um now you know who else said something similar to this um, Dan Crenshaw, he was talking about how, like, when he was a little kid, he threw a temper tantrum because his mom didn't let him win at croquet. That's such a politician story to tell. <laughs> like, it's like, when I was a, a child, my mom didn't let me win at croquet. I threw a fit, and now I'm a politician. Like, well, that's, like, just, it, that's such an expected like, arc. He was like, I learned that, you know, just because you feel entitled to win something doesn't mean you should win it. I was like, good story, man. Good story. Good story. <laughs> <laughs> I learned my lesson. Beat kids at games. Like, I'm, I'm After the stream, I'm actually going to blow off my meeting. I am going to go to the community center. I'm going to go find some kids, make sure that their parents know I am not there being creepy, and I'm just going to destroy them at basketball. You should. You should destroy all of them at basketball. <laughs> Because it's a lesson, and maybe one of them will grow up to be a politician. Exactly, or they'll grow up to be Tony Robbins, a guru. Tony Robbins, who still gets beat at video games by his niece. Wasn't that kind of sad? Where it's like, guys, no one ever let me win video games when I was growing up, and now I steal all your money. Right. It's like exactly. Oh, it's like a villain origin story. It all started. <laughs> it all started when my dad beat me at basketball every every day that we would play together. Now I, I got, sell the promise of success to people that will never be successful, but at least I get your money, fuckers. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, y'all, I'm going to be making a, a review of Tony Robbins' conference. I'm working on scheduling some interviews with people who have attended it. And I ordered a little, I ordered an action figure. No, I, action figure is not the right word because it's not posable at all. I guess a, like a little figurine might even be a cake topper. It's a shitty thing I found on eBay. But I, uh, it's a, uh, it's Gaston from Beauty and the Beast because Tony Robbins is Gaston. I realized that the voice. other day. Yeah, he doesn't sing. He doesn't have fun songs, but he is absolutely Gaston. Just because uh, he is so, I he, he even he even eats eggs every morning to get large. Like that's a thing. Would you like him more if he sang? Probably. That's the thing. It's like I like Grant Cardone more because he's funny. By funny, I mean, I don't think he's intentionally funny. I think he just says stuff that's so ridiculous, it's entertaining. 
I think but, it's more difficult to get conned by Grant Cardone than Tony Robbins. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing because Grant Cardone is very abrasive from the start. Yeah. Like he, the things he says are so ridiculous that like if you're not already in that mindset, you're not gonna. Yeah, but Tony is. He's so like, uh, like some of the things he says are legitimate, and he also says things that like he's also very good at connecting to people personally and emotionally. So I think that's why he's even scarier because he could legitimately start a cult. He's such a solid force. Like if someone's about to hit rock bottom, I can see why you would go to the the giant who's telling you like, listen, I'm going to teach you how you can fix your life all on your own. I, I can I can see I can see how someone would fall for his words, and I can certainly see how someone would fall for his words a lot. But same thing with Rachel Hollis. Yeah, I think Rachel Hollis is very easy to fall for. Oh um, yeah, definitely. Well, because she's, I think she even goes. I think she's even easier to fall for than Tony Robbins because yep. Tony doesn't attempt like he attempts to be relatable through the way that he talks to people and through like the way that he uses his voice and it's like, you know, speaking techniques and things like that. But Rachel, I feel like attempts to present herself as on the same level as you, which has been kind of faltering a little bit after her divorce where she went on this whole thing where like, you guys are all just strangers on the internet. I don't know you anything. So it's kind of like, it kind of shattered that notion, which I think had made her successful, which was that, she was our friend this whole time and that's what kept her free from criticism for so long but since she kind of shattered that i don't think it's working for her anymore but at the time it was very easy to fall for her tactics yes it's also i mean honestly that's probably one of the more difficult ways to grow online i think that does take a a level of patience um that most creators just don't have to be everybody's friend uh because you have to almost you're still doing the one size fits all techniques but you have to somehow make every single person watching it feel like you're, you're talking directly to them. I mean, with Grant Cardone, you know it's one size fits all. Unless you're actively trying to believe everything that he's saying, you're not going to believe anything he's saying. Yeah, it's definitely easier to grow when you position yourself as an expert on everything because then people will come to you and be like, oh, you're the expert on this. When you try to position yourself as on everyone's level but just slightly better than them, that is a way harder way to grow. Um, but honestly, I think Rachel was able to grow so much because. Dave connected her to a bunch of celebrities. Well, yeah, but she also, I, she, she, I can't uh, ignore her growth on social media too, because um, she, yeah. so she was at like her her one viral post of being the mom with stretch marks uh, that went viral. I mean, that mm -hmm. certainly helps. I mean, one viral post can, it's not going to set someone up for life, but it can be a springboard for yeah, many more successes. Out to, shout out to our friend Lauren Severe who had a semi-viral TikTok post where she was dressed up as an old-timey princess reading men's shitty writing of women from a book. Actually, and, Lauren's awesome, and you should all check out her book. Yeah, and uh, follow her on TikTok. She's hilarious, and now she's yes. like got a big TikTok following because she did that one really hilarious post that everyone saw. Men writing women. <laughs> it's, it's really funny, it's really too. Funny. It was like... It was like a, the the... She's, she's like, I felt the tingling of the egg coming out of me as I was ovulating. <laughs> Which <laughs> or, feels like, scientifically proven, right? Like, <laughs> and then it was like, there was another one where it was like that her, her breasts were so firm and round that they were like turtles. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking her up on, I think it's like Elsevier. Yeah, yeah it's L-S-E-V-I-E-R. -E -E so if anyone here has TikTok, check her out. Dude, she's great on TikTok. 
She does a lot of stitches too. She uh, she did this uh, Harry Potter one with uh, with Tom Felton because Tom Felton is TikTok famous and he posts on there all the time. And uh, it, she did this stitch where she was reenacting the Harry meets Draco scene from Hogwarts with him. But I'm looking at these page. comments too. Emily beats her third graders in sports. So good for you. You teach them life lessons, Emily. Never let them win. Actually, I, third grade, I think, was one of the first stories I wrote because oh, cool. it was about this kid who got picked on and the helicopter parents oh. were like, you have to stand up to bullies. We're taking them to court. And then they went to the Supreme Court. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. fantastic. And that, that was one of the first stories I ever wrote. <laughs> I don't, I don't know anything else about it other than he got bullied. His mom was a helicopter mom and they went to the Supreme Court. But that's all you got to know. <laughs> that's that's all that's important in life is uh, going to the Supreme Court. I just remember that third grade is when I learned the Supreme Court existed. And I was like, man, why go to court when you can go to the Supreme Court? Yeah, <laughs> adjectives like matter. when I was in like first or second grade and I learned what the equator was, I would always... I would write stories where characters' friends would die from heat stroke on the equator. That was like my fa new favorite trope, because <laughs> the teachers were like, "The equator is the is the hottest part of the world," and I would be like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna kill all my characters on the equator." <laughs> it's just it's a lightsaber line, you know. You I cross like it. This, I wrote this like American Girl fan fiction because um, I had just read the book where Kirsten's friend died of cholera. If anyone, spoiler, sorry guys. If you Spoilers. read, the, if you read the American Girl doll book of uh, about Kirsten from the eighteen fifties or eighteen sixties, uh, if you read her book, her friend dies of cholera because back in the day they didn't play around. So I was inspired by that, and I wrote I wrote a book about one of my dolls where her friend died on the equator <laughs> from equator exposure. <laughs> Cause of death crossing the equator. Oh, <laughs> uh, kid writing is the best. It, it really is the best because there's there's no rules. Oh, How did he God. die? He felt like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was so inspired when I read that book. I was like, oh, I should make my character's friends die too. That's such a great. <laughs> that's such a great emotional uh, emotional device. Just make their friends die. <laughs> Um. Yeah. I so here's the thing about Gary V for 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 Mr. Buchanan. Um, I like him. I think he does serve. I, I think he does give a lot of good advice. Uh -huh. I just no. I actually I didn't. I think that's it. I like him. I I, I think he does a lot of good advice. There's there's better. There there, there are. Um, I, I I don't really see the scam with him. I, I just think he... I have mixed feelings on him. I don't think he's a scammer. So I think he's got that on, like he's got points for that against the rest of them. I don't think he's a scammer. I, I like some of the advice he's given, but I think, I think he, I don't like the, the messages he promotes about positivity, which I think is a consistent business guru thing. The idea that, like, if you're a business owner, you don't have time to be negative. You don't have time to criticize other people. And I'm like, I found the opposite to be true. I've actually gotten more sales because people have found me on YouTube criticizing other people. So to an extent, like, I don't necessarily think that the toxic positivity thing is the best outlook. However, I do appreciate some of his advice, especially. I, I think his content marketing advice is really good. 
Um, and I just, I kind of like his personality. He's charismatic. And like, yeah. I, like here, here's my point. I don't think he's dangerous. I guess that's it. That, that's the beginning and the end. I, I see, I see Tony Robbins as dangerous because he could actively ruin someone's life and take all yeah. of your money. Like, I know, I know you're now even more depressed than you were before, but at least you lost $5,000. Like that's Tony Robbins. Uh, Grant Cardone is, listen, you just paid me 10 grand to feel like you're about to take over the world. And so what if that money disappeared? At least you had that feeling. And then Rachel Hollis is, guys, we're best friends. I'm a bit of a hippie. You're going to give me some money and then you're going to meditate for 10 years. And I promise you're either going to forget that you gave me your money or all of your dreams are going to come true or you're going to die. Dude, this weekend on The Sims, we should make Tony Robbins. Well, because I made Sean Boston and Elise Shiloh, I should make Tony Robbins and put him in their neighborhood. And Tiny Ribbons. I made Tiny Ribbons. Yeah, we, we, we got to go with the with the fakes, because we, we know who Sean Boston is, and we know who Elise Shiloh is, especially after her last who post on Sean Manifestation. Who is Sean Boston? Sean Boston really is just our own character. He's an amalgam of some. I mean, who does his name I mean, sound like? Sure. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of internet celebrities that you could say he's influenced by in various ways, but he's he's really his own character at this point. Yes. He, he well, who who is Sean Boston? He is YouTube. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's just YouTube culture he's, and a little bit of Vine culture from back in the day. Yeah. 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 He's he he's he's Vine. He's Vine meets YouTube. So now we're describing Logan Paul, um, but he's not Logan Paul. Yeah, he's not. Well, he's not any one of these people, but he's influenced a little bit by someone like Logan Paul. Yeah, the only person he's totally not influenced by at all, totally not, is Shane Dawson. Totally no, he's not. Nothing he's like not him. Shane, he's not. I almost said Shane Boston. He's not Shane Dawson whatsoever, guys. So don't even think that Sean Boston is Shane Dawson at all. Oh, Shane. <laughs> Dude, talk about like the hardest falls from grace ever. Well, dude, if we want to talk about internet drama for a second, I personally think that Shane Dawson's biggest mistake is that he's taken so much time off of the internet. What if he makes a Pornhub return? Like, what if that's his grand return? He's he he, he got all of this plastic surgery. He got his fourteen-inch dick, and now he's doing the Pornhub return. <laughs> <laughs> honestly i think i think it's a thing where it's like no matter how bad of a thing you did if you continue to make stuff and you continue doing the thing that people liked you for you unless you like murdered people but if you continue murdering people if you continue murdering people (laughs) no i mean like if you continue like you will probably be able to to overcome it at some point if you continue forward except murder guys except you've done it once well, don't murder, oh, just like i yeah I, although to be fair i don't think any of these things that people have done are on the par with murder um but yeah i think that it's a thing where like when i say his biggest mistake i don't mean as a person he's done a lot of really shitty things as a person but i mean his biggest mistake personally career for his wise career, i think was that he took so much time off of the internet and oh, yeah, it still Bruce. has not still hasn't returned like when he comes back, he's going to get even more hate if this is going to be prolonged forever. If he had just continued making videos immediately and like rode through the wave of people hating him, I think he would have gained his fan base back slowly. Eventually. That's what happened kind of with JonTron. Um, that's what's happened with a few other bigger creators who have gone. Yeah, but call me Carson. Titles. He got all of his little kid fans to come back so he could continue to, go, to flirt with them and go, go to prison. 
I, I actually don't know the full story there. Y'all don't oh, call me on I that. don't know who call me yeah. person is, but that sounds horrifying. He, he got in trouble for, for, uh, for underage things. Mm, <laughs> I mean, that's the one reason that I think Shane Dawson might not be able to come back is all of the creepy things that, that he showed happening with underage girls. Um, like the, like the twerking video and the, what else? The, where he was like, he would like kiss his 12 year old fans. At, like, that's really, that's, that's, that crosses so many lines. Dude, I, I follow, so obviously I, I followed because of my reaction videos, a lot of rap artists on, on Instagram. And the yeah. fact that some of them who I didn't even think knew who Shane Dawson was, were posting in their stories when this all went down. Y'all supported this man. <laughs> like the fact that he reached so many different cultures, so many different communities online, not with the good, but with what he was getting called out for. It's really going to be difficult to come back now. Well, that's like the thing was there was that whole thing with James Charles, right? That happened like two years ago now. Like that was He's thrived after like, it. And that's why I think that that whole, like they had the internet drama get in thing, right? With like James Charles and all of those people. I think it was, I think it was an ad. I still think it was, the whole thing was an ad because everybody, like even my mom was like, oh, that guy who like does makeup, he got in trouble for something. Like even like people who don't go, who don't even know how YouTube works or who don't even go on the internet at all, like knew that James Charles was in trouble. Yeah. Well, cause I mean, he had like the biggest subscribe decrease in a single day ever or something like that. Like it became it became a sport. Like people were watching his social blade more, and they crashed social blade more Honestly, than they were watching. If I want to get super conspiracy theory, I think maybe he was paid off by Pro Jared because Pro Jared was getting canceled hard, and everyone was like, "This is the biggest sub decrease that's ever happened." And then the James Charles thing happened like a week later, and nobody even remembers. <laughs> Nobody even remembers that Pro Jared was in, in trouble at that point. So it's like, maybe he paid him for it. I don't think that really happened. But that's, I, I if doubt you want to have internet conspiracy theories. Uh, no, uh, my, my biggest conspiracy theory is that I think, I think Tati was making an ad for her vitamin company. I think the whole thing was an ad for her vitamin company. Well, FaZe Banks broke down like if she just sold based on her price, uh, based on the price of her vitamins, if she just had like a half a percent of the people who watched that video purchase them because she had that long infomercial in the, in the middle of her video and right. a link and to her vitamins in the, in the description. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he broke down the numbers of, of how much money she would have made from that. So that, that that's that's a pretty easy one to, to believe. Um, I also I just, think it was an ad for that. And then I think it was revived as an ad for Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson's makeup palette. Oh, I 2 million percent do not love FaZe Banks. I just know he exists. I don't even really... I, I've heard his name. I don't really know who he is. Uh, he started FaZe Clan or was one of the partners that started like FaZe a, Clan. He got famous those, for doing like, like Call of Duty YouTubers. trick shots. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, that's all I know. I don't, yeah, I've, I've seen his face before. Yeah, I just... I, I, I know him from... Because I, I know everyone... Eh, not everyone. I, I just know that people having FaZe in their name exists, and then I sort of know who the origin is, and then uh, he collabs with Keemstar. And you know how I feel about Keemstar. I feel connected, because we're both from Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, man. I feel like I want... I Part of me wants an internet beef as strong as some of these people have had. It's gonna happen with us. I already told you. Like, I'm gonna become a, gu a guru. We're gonna yeah, fight. Yeah, well, because all. you betrayed me last night, so I didn't betray you. I listened to a song with Daft Punk in the title, 
and you weren't happy for me. Okay, no, RK faked me out last night is what happened because, okay, you guys all saw, I posted a video on Wednesday where I talked about my emotional connections to Daft Punk and I was literally crying. Like, I, like that was a really emotional video. And I've been trying to get RK to listen to Daft Punk and he's and just I telling have me- been. I've been no, trying you to. you tell me how you don't like it. And I'm like, that's okay. You don't have to like it, even though it kind of hurts me. Then last night he texted me to be like, Savvy, I found a Daft Punk song I like. And then he fucking faked me out. I was it like, wasn't fake one? out. It was I was like, which one? And he, he sends me a screenshot of what he's listening to and his LCD sound system song, Daft Punk is playing at my house. And I was like, are you fucking with me right now? What did you just do to me? And so then I was like, I'm turning this into an internet beef. So I've been posting it on my Instagram story. And then RK is like, well, now in retaliation for that, I'm going to sell you on a foreign currency trading scheme. Yep. So Savvy's in my my Forex program. It's great, guys. You just have to pay me 10 grand. And I guarantee you 2 to 8% return. I can't believe that these scams exist. Like, uh, uh, Coffee, like Coffeezola said it too. Like, guys, just take two seconds to ask yourself what a 2% return for the rest of your life means. It means that in a couple decades, you're going to be a billionaire and they're trying to sell this to you for a few grand. Like, no, these are con artists. Don't fall for them. And, uh, so yeah, that's, that's how I'm going to be a guru and, and you'll help me promote it. And we started tagging Jordan Peterson, Rachel Hollis and Grant Cardone. Oh, in yeah, our we internet started beef. tagging all the gurus in our internet beef. And, oh yeah, guys. Uh, uh, I, I like the song. I think it's a great song. I agree. That's why I put it in my TikTok Cause I like, which it. is where I heard it. And then I listened to the whole song and I saw Daft Punk and I was tired as fuck. So I didn't oh, read who it was oh, by. You- Oh, it was a mistake. Yeah, I told you it was a mistake. I told you I, I was tired. You were doing that to me on purpose. No, I wasn't. I'm not an asshole. I was tired. I was tired. I, I was watching Star to Trek with me on purpose. No, I watched Star Trek last night too for you, for you, NBC, oh. and Gray. And Gray's Gray. actually, I think, the hot happiest that I'm watching Star Trek. I'm so happy you're watching Star Trek. Yeah, I saw the okay, space jellyfish. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you did it to me on purpose. No, I would never do that to you. On, I would, but not last night. <laughs> well, it's the kind. I feel like it's the kind of relationship we have. It's the kind of thing where we would. Yeah, but you cried in that, that video. I, I mean, did I, cry in that video, but I didn't know if you actually watched it or not. So I thought maybe I watch all your videos. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch all your videos if you still uploaded. Yeah. 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 YouTube yeah. doesn't miss me. I don't miss it. I'm uh Pop. I miss you on YouTube, even though I stream with you every day. So I guess I really yeah. I think it's important to write down the person you want to be, not because it manifests it, but because it t- like sort of makes it cl- like it's really difficult to live life by a set of principles if you don't actually write those principles down because people think it's so easy to be authentic. It's not, it's really not. There there have been plenty of times in my life where I realized that I've been enjoying something for months that I actually hated just to fit in. Like, and it's not even like- Are you being serious right now? I thought you were doing a bit. No, no. Like authenticity and self-awareness and like just understanding who you are. That's difficult. That takes practice. I think self-awareness is hard because I took forever to realize how annoying I am. But- I can actually point out exactly how hard it is. You want to know how hard it is? The pitch I just did, everyone thought I was doing a self-help guru pitch. Why do you think it works? Why do you think MLM saying you got to find your why works? It's because people don't know what their why is. 
Yeah, people don't know why. That's the thing. Well, all, humans all deep down, we want to know what our purpose is in the universe, and no one knows. And then they conflate your purpose with your career, which is probably my biggest knock on the economy we live in. I mean, I don't have, I, I have knocks on it. I have pros for it. But I, I think the biggest knock is that we have started conflating our life's purpose with our career when they don't, should not necessarily be the same thing. All right, y'all, because we're getting to the end of Tony Robbins week, I think it's really important that we get to enjoy some videos of Tony Robbins roaring. So we're going to, we're going to watch him roar. I'm going to write down my life's purpose real quick. That's it. It's important. Write down your life's purpose and we will watch Tony roar over here. B six, seven. Okay. I'm done. As the food goes down, a crazy fucking thing happens. Now this is cut. Okay. So the context here is that this man has told Tony Robbins that he is having trouble with his wife. He and his wife aren't having sex enough. And Tony Dude, has that's Tony Robbins' favorite advice. It's his favorite advice. That's his he always favorite advice. the man to be more alpha, and that's what he's doing Look right now. Look how here. erect he is. How can you not <laughs> see penis right now with this? With, with, Tony I mean, I'm Robbins is, is channeling phallic imagery just through his own body. Dude, and his shirts, like he would totally put this image on Pornhub and say, BBC destroys timid man. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. So yeah, so he's he's basically like, uh, this man's not having enough sex with his wife. And Tony's, uh, this is all in the Netflix documentary, by the way. So Tony is basically like, the reason you're not having enough sex with your wife is that you aren't being, you aren't being a, a lion. Here's a story I'm going to tell you about this little sheep that I made it with. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> tell you about this sheep. And I, I forget what it is. I think the sheep eats the lion. And then he's like, and then as the food goes down, he stops saying baha baha and he fucking roars. So Dude, that's where we're getting Is here. he just like, I don't know, trying to rewrite Aesop's fables and ruining them at the same time? Yeah, I think he's taking fables and he's changing them just enough so that they turn into stories about how to be alpha. Let me tell you the story of the tortoise and the hare. So there was this tortoise that believed slow and steady won the race. And there was this hare that just ran out ahead and took a nap. And then there was this hunter that shot both of them across the finish line. Well, dude, wasn't that in? Okay, that was in the 10X rule. Grant Cardone actually did rewrite the tortoise and the hare in that section. He These was like, fuckers are ruining fables. He was like, you guys remember the tortoise and the hare and how it's like slow and steady wins the race? And he was like, but what you really need to do is you need to be the rabbit, but you need to not tire out and stop. And it was like, well, obviously, Grant, but most people can't do that. That's the point of the story is that he got worn out too quick and grant's like but the whole thing is that if you could be the rabbit but you don't get tired out at all then you would destroy everyone so easily so you just gotta you gotta keep running the entire time and never stop listen guys in a world of mad maxes you gotta be fast and furious let's go and as the food goes down a crazy fucking thing happens tell us he stops saying bah bah <laughs> those eyes he fucking roars I'm actually motivated. Give me a roar. That's the fucking roar. 
This whole thing was the extent of his, uh, what he did with this couple. And then like on the documentary the next day, the couple's like, we had so much fantastic sex last night. I'm so glad Tony helped us. I was actually about to ask. All he did was get the guy to roar really loud. I was actually about to ask how many orgies do you think get broken out at Tony Robbins conventions afterwards? Cause like he just has all these people hot and sweaty and clapping for each other and saying that they can do anything and release your inner id. I mean, God, this, this guy is muscular Freud. Let's let's Tony Robbins is literally horny for capitalism. He's so horny for capitalism and he gets the rest of the crowd horny and they don't know what they're horny for. That's the fucking roar. Yeah, y'all. When when I say Tony Robbins roar, like Monica and I have done a bunch of videos about Tony Robbins roaring. Like, that's not a joke. He roars, dude. Mushroom Destroyer is right. He he introduces furry role play. Uh, sheep plus eggplant equals lion to the sum to success. Queen of Spade. It makes me laugh. Yeah. The, co- the comments are digging this. I mean, you know, I think Tony Robbins works. That's that's my conclusion for the week. I think he works. You just gotta roar. You just gotta roar your way through life. We should uh, we should roar during this episode. Get the microphone. Oh, shut up, parrot. <laughs> oh man. Um. I, I kind of want to have like sound effects for our radio show. Like we're actually disc jockeys. And um, I was thinking l- last night while I was talking to Gray, just, just cause um, how fun it would be to have a bam, bam button, but instead of bam, bam, it's scam, scam. Oh, I love that. That'd be fantastic. Right? Yeah. Speaking of bits with buttons, I'm excited for that show with your dad. When's that coming out? I still have to edit that. I got behind on it because I've, I've been making so many videos right now that I haven't had time to edit that. But guys, yeah, I have a show that I've been filming with my dad. I made the first trailer for it and put it out, but I haven't finished it. Which is editing. awesome. Whichever you should watch. Yeah, my dad. It's a show called Grab My Dad. Yeah. And it's uh, it's the the whole concept is that my dad is never he never likes any movies or TV show. He doesn't like anything. He's just very cranky about all of it. He's like, this show wasn't interesting. He only likes sitcoms that are episodic. Like he loves like everybody loves Raymond and shit. If a sitcom is finished, it starts and finishes in the episode. He loves it. Is that why that's your I drank too much. I need to calm down show. Oh, no, that is why I got too high. I smoke too much weed. I need to calm down show. Probably because it's just, it's so normal. It's an aggressively normal show. Mine was The Office, and now it's no longer on Netflix, so now I can no longer get aggressively high. Oh. So, yeah, I'm hoping, I keep having that on my schedule, and I keep pushing it back another couple weeks because I have other videos that are more timely I need to put out first, and then I'm like, oh, I just really need to sit down and finish editing the show. But, yeah, I have three episodes filmed right now where my dad and I are reacting to, um, we the whole idea is will this show grab my dad will it grab his attention and so we watch a bunch of different shows and movies and my dad gives commentary and he has a button that says bullshit and if he hates the show he pushes the bullshit button and we have to stop 
We should get a more. Uh, you should get a jingle for your show, and we should get a morning intro song for ours. We should. We should get a morning intro song. Well, I'm already so excited that we're gonna get some some art for the show from Sako. I'm gonna start putting it in all our thumbnails and everything. I'm feeling a ukulele. Yeah, yeah. Get some royalty free music for this, or just go all out and pay someone in Grand Unified to do it. Oh yeah, we should do that. Yeah, Gray, we know you're busy in releasing multiple albums. Need a 30 second show clip or song. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so y'all, what I've learned from living like Tony Robbins is uh, I don't like cold showers. I took a cold shower yesterday and I forgot to mention that. And it was awful. Did you start hot? I started cold? hot and then okay, turned good. it cold. So you did it right? Yeah. I've learned that in the, when the shower is too hot and burning my skin off, I don't mind. It feels great. I don't think the shower could be too hot unless I was literally on fire. And even then, probably not because it's boy, it, the water will yeah. relieve the fire. But then the second I make it not even cold, the second I make it just colder than room temperature, I'm suddenly like, oh my god, I need to get out of the shower. This is the worst feeling in the whole world. I've been enjoying my cold showers, but I also don't do them for too long. And I don't think they're that cold. Um, I don't do them for long. I usually just like do it at the very end and I can barely last 10 seconds in it. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to get out of the shower, which I guess does help me get out of the shower and get my work started. But also it feels terrible. And I don't think I'll, that is not something I'm going to continue to do after this. I am probably never going to take a cold shower again if I can help it. Uh, so I was already sort of doing them before this. So this oh, okay. now I'm just taking a little longer ones because I like them. It's not even the alertness that I like. I like the fact that I, I feel cleaner for some oh, reason really? when I, when I, yeah, I feel cleaner. And, um, when I take a hot shower, if I get out of the shower and I don't completely dry myself off, that hot water turns to sweat. <laughs> that makes sense. Also, yes, for someone asking, what is his reason for cold showers? I don't know. He doesn't actually take a cold shower. He does a sauna and then an ice bath. So we didn't have, like, a lot of the stuff that Tony does is rich people stuff that we don't have access to. So we just had to adapt. So he had, like, he every day he would go into the sauna and then go into the ice bath. So instead, we would just take a really hot and then a really cold shower. Which worked. And, and I mean, that's probably something I'll keep doing because I was sort of doing it before anyway. Uh, other Actually, I mean, we only have to keep one thing from each week. So we have the streams from Rachel the calls from Grant and I'll keep the cold showers from Tony. I'm going to keep the waking up at seven from Tony because, you know, as a few people have mentioned in the chat, like it takes a couple weeks usually to get used to the new sleep schedule. So if I can continue to wake up at seven next week, after a while, this won't feel difficult at all. And I know yeah. for you, you're already feeling less difficult because you're still waking up at six from the previous week. Yeah. This was my second week of waking up at six. So you'll feel as great as I do this week, next week. Yeah, I'm going to wake up at 7 every day. Let's let's see, before we finish this stream today, what is Gwyneth Paltrow's morning routine going to be next week? We know we have so many people who want to come on this Gwyneth Paltrow stream. We're going to do, we're going to react to so much goop shit, too. It's going to be great. Next week's going to be a reaction show. <laughs> It'll be great. Um, where I had I had pulled it up earlier. Where is her morning routine? It's like not that detailed. Oh, wait. I feel like yeah. I'm going to like Rachel Hollis more than Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, definitely. Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow is a big scammer. 
So, While you're uh, wrapping up with this reaction, I'm actually going to head out, guys. I'll see you all Monday. Or I'll see you Saturday at the Sim stream. Yeah, Sim stream tomorrow. All right. Have a good have a good meeting. All right, guys. So uh, to, before we wrap up the stream, which will be in just a couple seconds, we're going to take a look at what we're going to do for Gwyneth Paltrow next week. Um, so we'll, there's a whole blog post about this. And most of it is product placement where she is uh, advertising various Goop products that I am not going to pay for. So I'm going to pr probably try to find some substitutes for that. So she talks about um, she does every morning starts with meditation. I guess the app Headspace, I think there's a free version of that. So maybe I'll try it. The breathing app. Oh, she uses a bunch. I think these are all, I think these are all affiliates she has. So I'm pretty sure that this is, yeah. Um, so then she, oh, she has a hot cup of coffee. Oh, dude, I already drink a hot cup of coffee with half and half every morning. Perfect. Um, and but she has, she drinks goop fair trade specialty coffee. I'm just going to drink the coffee I already have in my house. Um, oh, and then she's going to, she's, uh, advertising all of the coffee stuff she sells now. And then she goes into working out with drinking these weird goop packets. Um, so, okay. She does workout, med or no, she does wake up meditate, work out, drink a smoothie. These are all shockingly similar. This is getting repetitive. At this point, do they all just do the same things? Do they all just wake up, work out, meditate, and drink smoothies? Like, is that what every guru does every day? Do any of them have any originality? This is so frustrating. And then at this point, oh, she's not even talking about her morning routine anymore. Now all she's doing is advertising products. Does she even say that she goes to take a shower or anything? Because now she's just advertising her shampoo. Yeah, so she uses this shampoo that she sells. Uh, okay, well, I'm imagining she showers is the next thing she does. So my goal will be to get all this done in an hour before the stream starts because I love waking up at 7 instead of at 5 or 6. That is too early. Um, oh, she says her mornings have slowed down considerably. Well, my mornings cannot slow down because I'm going to wake up at 7 and stream at 8 every day. And then, but either way, I'm really excited to go into all this goop bullshit. That's going to be so fun. Yeah, yeah, I like what Queen of Spades says right here. Shower, what's that? Buy my shampoo. Yeah, she doesn't even, she even like, at least she tries with these other things. She's like, first thing I do is drink a cup of coffee and then advertises her coffee. And then she's like, then I work out and here's my workout protein powder or whatever. But she doesn't even, she doesn't even mention that the next thing I do is take a shower before she starts advertising her soap and all of that. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, y'all. I hope you guys had a good Tony Robbins week. Uh, I feel like I didn't learn that much from Tony Robbins, but that's okay. Hopefully I will learn something from Gwyneth Paltrow next week, and then we'll probably do Jordan Peterson the week after that because we have his book that we're reading. We're gonna just we're just gonna keep on going and live like everyone and see what we can learn and what we can make fun of. So I appreciate you guys all being here. I have a video premiering today. Hold up, I will pull this up right now because I'm going to be on a video premiere in two hours. Right here, y'all. 
Uh, you can set a reminder right here. This is, I'm reviewing the book Ponzi-nomics finally. Uh, this has been a long time in the making and it's actually gonna be two parts, but this first part I'm reviewing a bunch of the content from the book and talking about multi-level marketing companies, the history of how they came to be, the ways that um, you know political structures are tied in with them. So uh, set a reminder here and make sure to join me on the live chat for this premiere in two hours. That's 11 central noon Eastern this morning. I do have a bunch of other work to get done before then though. So I'll see you guys then. Thank you for coming to our show this morning and I'll see you again uh, at 11. Then I'll see you after that. Don't forget to support small businesses. Have a great start to your Friday morning. Bye everyone.